Uh, praise the Lord. If you have your Bible this morning, Luke chapter 16, and I uh, want to do um, another session on core convictions. And uh, core convictions is what's critical uh, to any arena of life. It's true of marriage. We have a wedding a little later this morning. Uh, it's true in uh, relationships with people. Uh, this has to do, and you've heard me repeat this over and over, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but it has to do with your priorities. has to do with your values. Uh, these things that carry you in the crisis of life, uh, carry you in the temptations of life, uh, carry you when things aren't going well. Uh, that's, uh, that's core convictions uh, are critical uh, under the pressure of life. This has to do with a church. Under the pressures of a congregation, the core convictions are what carry you. They're, they're what's valuable to you. They're what's uh, overpowers and, and keeps you stable. And gives you reference points, and we've covered numbers of those uh, over the last few weeks. And I want to I want to talk about uh, money as a sacred trust uh, because uh, finances is one of the core convictions of this congregation. Uh, God wouldn't have been able to accomplish what He accomplished uh, and has and will through this congregation if there hadn't been people here that had convictions when it came to finances, uh, when it came to the wealth that was put into their hands. Uh, and this is something that every adult here will deal with every day. And sad to say, many people have no understanding of this. I just uh, I saw a clip this morning, um, uh, some kind of news I was reading earlier this morning, uh, another NBA player, ex-NBA player, declares bankruptcy. And uh, you can read about NFL players, NBA players, and there's a whole gauntlet of them. Uh, Allen Iverson, I think, is one as well. Uh, made massive amounts of money when they were playing. Multiplied millions of dollars in endorsements, as well as their salary and bonuses and etc., but today, many times, um, they do these stats. Five years after they're out of the NBA, they're declaring bankruptcy uh, because even though they made a lot of money, they had no conviction on or no standard of how to deal with it, how to uh, uh, invest it, how to save it, uh, uh, what was important, what was a priority, and I find that true. Many, many, many people, and I encourage every parent here, uh, give your children, uh, give them a, uh, uh, a bonus. No. Again, <laughs> if you want to. Uh, uh, but give them uh, an allowance and teach your children uh, to tithe off of Christmas money and birthday money and, and et cetera. And... Uh, any income, teach them to work, uh, teach your children to work uh, and give them some, some cash money and teach them how to handle money uh, because in life it's going to be critical, it's going to be massively critical 
they say uh, statistics tell us and, and you know, uh, uh, that one of the major, major reasons of divorce is over money. And so Jesus spoke a lot about this, um, and I'm going to look at a, a very interesting portion of Scripture. Maybe we'll spend a couple of weeks on it. But in Luke 16, if you want to turn there, but I want to make a statement to you. If you want God to do something beyond your ability, try giving beyond your means. <clears throat> if you want God to do something beyond your ability, try giving beyond your means. It's a great truth in the Bible. and You've, you've heard these stories. Uh, the woman, little meal, little oil. And uh, Elijah said, bake me a cake first. Try giving beyond your means. Uh, where it, where there's, there's, a, there's an incredible price tag attached to it. And um, every God story has a Genesis moment. Uh, I'll make another statement. I'm working on a sermon. Uh, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's probably too small. A God dream I'm talking about. But, but every, every God story has a beginning, has a Genesis moment. And you read through the scriptures and, and, and there's this, uh, these Genesis moments and Jesus capitalizes on these, the Bible capitalizes on these. Um, but let's look at Luke 16, 1 through 13. Uh, he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. And many scholars feel Jesus was talking about a real man, a real situation, that this wasn't a parable. A certain man. And I'm not sure if it was today, it'd be like on the, in the press, it was in all the news and everything. But on that day, evidently this was, uh, they were aware of this. So he called to him and said to him, What is this I hear about uh, you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? My master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do. That when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him. He said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and write 50. He said to another, how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill, write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their, their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, now Jesus, now he's moving and he, he's taking something that probably happened. Uh, and now he's going to apply a powerful kingdom principle to it. He said, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now he takes wealth and moves it into an in, uh, everlasting arena, eternity. 
He was faithful. Now, now he's really pressing in on this truth. And, and these are, this is why this must be a core conviction of your marriage, your life, a church, uh, your ministry. He was faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He was unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. He will hate the one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so um, uh, you have to understand money, and this needs to be a conviction. This is a sacred trust with God. God will put resources, and, and it's not just money, it's time, uh, it's life, it's energy, it's your brain cells, it's your gifting. Uh, there are people here of all kinds of different giftings, uh, and God deposits that in you. Some of you have the gift of relationships. Uh, uh, you, you just have a way with people. Uh, others, you can play a guitar, or you're in drama. You can you can teach a class. Uh, you can cook, uh, and so every event we have, we we get to you bless us and and put calories on us. Uh, and some people just seems like they can pray. Some people just have a. It's almost like, uh, and so this is true. God makes deposits, and we are stewards of the life He's given us. Your life is not your own to live any way you want to. This is a major mistake. Uh, that if we're not careful, God blesses me. Uh, I'll never forget many, many years ago, uh, uh, a man in Malaysia. I mentioned his name. You'd know him. He preached here way back in the day. And I found out later he, 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 he discredited himself. He's, I don't know where he's at today. Haven't heard from him. I hear from him maybe once every 10 years uh, uh, but he was a, a, a leader uh, in Malaysia. Uh, Pastor Mitchell appointed him as leader. And he made a statement uh, uh, to, uh, to various, uh, some of the pastors there. He said, God put me in this position for you to bless me. And so um, uh, I, I was back in the States. I didn't hear this till years later. Uh, one of the pastors there, he would, uh, after men's D, he would take all of his disciples and he would take this pastor with him. And then after everybody ate, he'd hand him the bill. And I remember Connie and I one time went out with him and uh, this lady was there. Uh, she didn't say anything. We didn't, I mean, it was, it was kind of an odd arena, uh, but I'm watching and uh, we went to eat at this, this place. Um, I'm trying to pay the bill. No, no. And I watched him later. He gave this woman the bill. And so uh, that's a horrible mistake. Uh, uh, Jesus said he was greatest among you, servant of all. And so there's a stewardship uh, uh, in life. Um, and in our text, Jesus makes this statement. Uh, Who would get for me? Read verse 10 again for me. I need a few verses this morning. Who will get uh, Daniel? Luke 12, 33. Who will get that for me? Uh, Who will get that? Uh, Alec, if you'll get that. Haggai 1, 6. Nobody knows where that, uh, Adam Haggai 1.6, uh, Luke 10.30, uh, 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 Luke 10.30, yes, if you get that, uh, uh, and then um, Matthew 13.44, 
Matthew 13, 44. Erica, if you get that. Okay, uh, well, let's, uh, let's kind of uh, think for a minute here. And so uh, read for me again Luke 16, 10. That he is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust is the least in unjust also is much. Also in much. Go ahead. Go ahead and read the rest. Of it. Uh, go ahead and read the next one. Therefore, oh. if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Go ahead. And if ye have not been faithful, in which another man, another man's who shall give you that which is yours, your own. Okay. No, now, here's Jesus Christ, uh, uh, the Son of God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, and he's bringing an eternal perspective. Uh, we're not just looking here at circumstances or economy or debt or unemployment or the markets or your checkbook or debit or whatever you use today. Not what you can buy, can't buy but he uses a, an interesting word four times, and he, he talks about something. He's talking about being trustworthy. Can you be trusted? And this is the, the root of the same word where we get convictions. Remember, we're talking about core conviction. Do you have convictions when it comes to money? Are you spiritual when it comes to money? Do you apply truth in your life when it comes to wealth? He said, I'm going to commit to your trust. Can God trust you and I with wealth? Now, now here you need some history, and, and I've preached on this over the years. In those days, there were no banks. There were no safety deposit, there no credit cards. Uh, uh, you didn't have all that you had today. There was basically three options when it came to your wealth or your money. When it comes to securing it, you either carried your money with you. And the Jews, they, they would have a money bag. Luke 12, 33. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old, a treasure in heaven that fails not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupt. Okay, uh, provide yourself money bags, it says, which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not. And so again, He's bringing a, a, a reality out of their life and moving it into an eternal perspective. But here we have the thought, this was common. They, they put their wealth, they carried it with them in a money bag. And so, uh, and the problem on a long journey, these bags were many times made out of leather cloth. Uh, and there's desert, there's camels, there's dry. And, and these bags would rot and you'd lose your wealth. Or thieves. And so he, they would have understood this. Haggai 1.6. 
ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye are not enough, ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. Let me ask you, you ever felt like that? Did your bag ever have a hole in it? Maybe multiple holes, amen. And so, so here again, they would have understood this. That uh, this was one way of trying to uh, secure yourself or take care of your own wealth uh, is you carried it on your person in a bag. Uh, the Jericho Road, uh, the way of the thieves was one term for that. Luke 10, 30. Angel. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Okay, again, this is the story. He has his wealth on him, and uh, he's, they stripped him. And so, but again, this was one of the options. Um, it'd be like you have money in your wallet or, or, or maybe credit cards in your wallet. Um, uh, you carry it with you. You take it with you, and uh, you have to be careful. And many, I never use a credit card in Nigeria. I may have told you the story years ago. Uh, Bitwell and I are driving, and here's this shack, and all of these, uh, I mean, SUVs and uh, uh, BMWs sitting around this shack. And I said, what's happening in there? He says, Pastor, these young men in there, and they're on computers, um, and uh, they run these schemes and scams. They get access to people's uh, bank accounts, uh, and then they bleed it. And he told me one of them kind of scared me. He said, one of their favorite uh, today, they keep changing, uh, he says one of their favorites uh, is they have these papers that look like they're from the IRS in the United States. They send it to elderly people, and it says something like this. Um, it says, uh, uh, we've been going over your, your tax funds and your records, and in 1989, uh, uh, you had a return coming of $972.35. Uh, we didn't pay you. If you would give us your account, we will deposit this for you. It has a seal on it. It looks identical. And older people like me, you get that, wow, you know, and the next thing you know, you've given them, and then they bleed your account. And he says, what's funny, sometimes um, uh, you'll hear them all cheering in there. They all go crazy and start cheering because they've just ripped somebody off. Pastor Mitchell was in uh, uh, Nigeria many, many years ago. It was a reputable hotel. He used his credit card. Um, and nine months later, they tried to slip a, a charge through on him. You know, nine months later, you're not thinking. Uh, and it was like, uh, it was the same exact amount that his room and everything had cost. But now they tried to run it through eight or nine months later. And uh, they're going to double dip. Amen. And he caught it, and, uh, and, but uh, Bitwell told me, never, never, ever use a credit card in Nigeria. And so uh, anyway, that doesn't mean everyone's like that, but, uh, but, so, but your bags have holes in them. The second option they had was they would bury their coins. They would hide them. Uh, if you're a student of history, after the great, one of the problems in the Great Depression is the banks failed, a lot of things failed. Uh, and so people lost trust uh, and so they would hide their money. They would bury it in their backyard. My grandmother, my, my grandmother on my grandfather's side, uh, she would hide money in the house, in the walls and everything. 
Uh, when she died, we tore the house apart. No, not really. But, uh, but uh, 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 my dad and his brother and sisters, they would know she had money. Uh, and they'd have groceries delivered to her, you know, house or something. And she'd, you know, didn't have. But they'd have to go to the house and dig around in a can or or they'd have to uh, go in the closet, you know, and pull up an old loose board, and here'd be this money. And, and so this was the second option, that you buried it. And uh, uh, some of the scriptures Jesus talks about, um, again, kind of reveal this. Matthew 13, 44. Did I give that to anybody? Somebody get that. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovers hidden in a film. And it's in his excitement, he hid and hid it, and again sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the film. Okay, and so the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and so this is what he's talking about: is someone hid this treasure? And then, of course, the story there, the, I'm not sure if he's plowing what he's doing, and he kicks up this treasure, and he, it's of such value that he sells everything he has to find. Uh, a few years ago, there was a story, Richard Ruby, Pastor Ruby's the illustrator, and he used it, he may have even used it here, but in California, you may have remembered, can't remember, it's up north somewhere, this man and his wife, uh, they're on their property. They've got this dog. Uh, and you know how dogs run around and sniff and scratch and kick. Uh, and so this dog runs over behind this tree and stuff and starts uh, sniffing and scratching. And I'm not sure what all he's going to do, uh, do his business maybe. And, and the guy kind of looked. And here was this cylinder, this lead cylinder. And uh, he ducked. And it wasn't just one cylinder. There's another cylinder, another cylinder. Another cylinder, another cylinder, another cylinder. They were all filled with gold coins. And I forget how many millions. They, they were uncirculated practically, these gold coins. Uh, he never would reveal who he was. Uh, and, uh, but I, I saw pictures of it, uh, of, of uh, this, uh, uh, these gold art exhibits in antiquity and et cetera. And they had all this gold laid out, et cetera. And, uh, and they're not sure if, uh, if uh, someone robbed a bank or, or something and hid it there uh, because it was sealed in these lead tubes. They were, they were like soldered together and um, uh, no air had touched her in. That's why the, these coins were pristine. Uh, but again, they're not sure if somebody robbed or something or, or, or some rich man. They're not sure of the chemistry, uh, but this guy became very, very wealthy overnight. Uh, but the picture, again, uh, is this was one of the options for your wealth. You would bury it on your property or you would hide it somewhere. But the most common, uh, church history tells us, is you left your wealth with a trusted family member, a friend or a servant or a steward. And again, uh, Luke 16, 1, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. Now today, people, if they're wealthy, a lot of times they make investments, etc. But a steward was someone who, uh, he, he had access to your wealth, um, 
And he paid bills, he kept accounts, he, he purchased uh, your household, he made sure, or it was a business, whatever it was, uh, uh, he would make sure everything economically runs smoothly. Like some of you wives may be in your own home, or some of you husbands, or if you're a single man, uh, you have debt, you have income. And there's a term, debt to income, and all of these kind of things. Uh, uh, and so, uh, let me ask you again, what kind of steward are you when it comes to money? What are you going to do with your tax return that you haven't even got yet? Adam's got this, him, they, they got this beautiful little boy, uh, got a lot of hair like his mom and dad. It's not fair. Life's not fair. <laughs> and someone saw Adam, I think it's Tom Thompson this morning, says, perfect for a tax return, you know, <laughs> And so anyway, praise the Lord. I'm not sure what Tom was thinking about this morning, but anyway. Uh, uh, but what are you going to do with it? What kind of steward are you? Stewardship. But in those days, it was more than if you've just, uh, in Malaysia, you've heard me talk about, uh, in Malaysia, is interesting, uh, they all invested in the stock market. I mean, people in, we get the newspaper in the church in the morning after prayer, people be hanging out drinking coffee. You know, I'd look at the sports page or maybe that somebody want the, they all wanted, guess what they wanted? The stock page. It shocked me. But in Malaysia, you got to understand, a lot of women, um, uh, there's a lot more women than men. They never marry. They go to work in these banks and et cetera. And in Malaysia, in maybe much of Asian culture, if you're unmarried, uh, it's disrespectful if you move out of your home of your parents. I had people in my church 40 years old, and their father walked them down uh, to catch a bus or a taxi every morning. They get on it, they go to work, come back. And so, but because they lived at home, it was, it, it was, it was you know, very economical. And they, they would devote themselves to these companies. They would progress. They'd get promoted, et cetera. And same with the church. When the, so many scriptures came alive. When they got saved, it's like the church became their husband. And it's like they would pour their life. I had to be careful. I'd be discipling. Uh, if you, you remember, if some of you were around years ago when a whole bunch of them came with me, um, uh, it was the women, man. They, I mean, they've got everything happening and moving and uh, answers and they're moving luggage and guys are just kind of enjoying life, you know. Uh, but, uh, but it was like a, a dynamic. Um, <clears throat> they would, and they all invested. Remember what the scripture says, where your treasure is, there's your heart also. And as soon as the paper would come, those days it wasn't all the computer and everything. They wanted to look at the stock page. They wanted to look because they had stock. Me, I could care less, you know. I had nothing. And so, uh, uh, but God, which is, makes him, amen. And so, uh, and so but, but, but what I want to point out in those days, uh, uh, your steward there was a relationship. It was more than just today, you know, with the internet, you could have someone handling your money. You've never seen them. You would, you know, you would, if they walked through the door, you wouldn't know who they were. 
Some of you banquet places, you know, you know no one there. And so in those days, though, uh, these people, they, they were trusted. Uh, normally it was a family member. It was a friend or a servant. And so Jesus picks all of this up. Um, uh, Matthew 25, 14. Who will get that for me? Angel, you got that? Matthew 25, 14. Uh, uh, 25, 19. Who will get that? Matthew 25, 19. Uh, Bill, if you'll get that for me. And um, then our uh, uh, text again, Luke 16, 13. Uh, Who will get that for me? Luke 16, 13. Raymond, if you'll get that for me. Luke 16, 12. Uh, Gordon, if you'll get that. Luke 16, 12. Uh, And so um, uh, in our text, it said in verse 1, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. Now you got to, He had someone that he had relationship with. Might have been family. Might have been a friend. They were trusted. And so Matthew 25, 14 uh, kind of gives you another flavor of this truth. And then we're going to open up here in a minute. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Go ahead. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Okay, he He knew each one of them. A talent was a measure of money. And he knew their ability. He knew who they were. He knew their character. He knew how much he could trust each of them with. One five, one two, and one one. And so again, how much can God trust you and I with? This is true as a church. This is true as individuals. How much can God trust you and I with? Uh, Matthew 25, 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Okay, again, Jesus is pulling this out of their culture. After a long time, the Lord came and now he's, they're going to have to give account for their stewardship. One day you will stand before God and give an account for your stewardship. <laughs> I'll never forget the uh, story one time. A uh, little boy in church and his daddy was in, he was screaming and crying. And there, of course, everybody was listening. He said, pray for me. <laughs> you knew enough about church to cry out for prayer, huh? And, um, and so uh, it says, and so, but here's a picture again. One day you're going to stand before God and give an account for how you've managed the life God has given you. How you've spent it. How you've invested. Every one of us have a life to live. And you will choose how you invest it. You have time. You've heard me say this many times. You have time. You have an intellect. You have strength. You have gifting. You have money. You have language. You have words. How are you spending it? Because one day, see, uh, you'll stand before God. This is the whole thought here. And the books, the Bible says, will be open. And what will be written? What will be written? 
Not just about money, but about your life. What you've said, how you've lived, what you've valued, that's your testimony. No test, no testimony, they say. So, so, so how, have you, how have you spent the days? What God has put in your hands, how have you used it? That stewardship doesn't belong. Again, it didn't belong to him. A man traveling to a far, far country, he gave to his stewards, and you know the story, one, five, one, two, one. One with five invested it, gained five more. The one with two invested, gained two more. The one with one buried it. And he came back and said, you wicked, you slothful servant. And he cast him into outer darkness. I mean, it's a brutal statement. Weeping and wailing and gnashing your teeth. And it didn't say he was like the prodigal that went and wasted on harlot living. He buried it. That's, that's, that's kind of, you know. Jesus, how many of you know Jesus made some hard statements? You ever, you ever read them? Jesus made some hard statements. And so, uh, and so here, though, my point is, uh, uh, he knew each of these had knowledge. And so Jesus lifted this truth into a spiritual dimension that we are stewards. And that's my point. It's a sacred trust, not just between you and people. Or, and, and we know we have a responsibility to people but between you and God. And so let's read this verse, uh, 16, verse 13, whoever has that. Luke 16, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, he's talking about two masters, now you choose. How are you going to spend it? 1612. And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Okay. Again, he said, this doesn't belong to you. Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Anybody here ever worked in a bank? Uh, anybody here work as a teller? Anybody? Anybody work in a bank? Uh, um, I've, I've talked to people who are tellers. I know in various of our churches they have people who are tellers. And they train them it's not money. It's numbers. It's not money. It's just paper. It's not money. Today, of course, it's... How many read that thing? Is it Was it uh, uh, Wells Fargo? Did you just see that? They, read, they fired, what, four or 5,000 people? Because they're scamming everybody. Uh, I don't want to strike fear in you right now. Everyone grabs their phone and goes to their account. But what they were doing is they were uh, uh, employees, and it was widespread. Uh, what they were doing is they were uh, taking your money out of your account and opening other accounts because they got commissions when they opened numerous accounts. And then once it was open, and they put your money back, or, or, or <clears throat> then they would charge you uh, overdraft, uh, and they got money off of that. In other words, you, you wrote a check, or you made a debit, and you didn't have the money, and there's so now they're charging you an overdraft. 
And so it was, it was millions and millions and millions and millions. I forget how many, much penalty. I would be surprised if there wasn't a, a, a class action lawsuit or something. Uh, uh, but, uh, but my point is when you work in a bank, what they, and, and I haven't talked to anybody, but used to when they handled a lot of cash, uh, uh, you could never start thinking it's money. Wow. My money. I could take this. It's in my hand. <laughs> Temptation, see. And so, but they trained them. Uh, this is one, it's not your money. Uh, but the whole thought was uh, it's just figures and business. It's not real to you. And that's, that's how they would try to insulate uh, probably greed and selfishness and temptation and all kinds of things. Uh, but, but the thought is um, in, in this whole text um, that it doesn't belong to you and I. It's not yours to spend any way you want. That's one of the things tithing does. Tithing, we know, cuts covenant with God and there's a lot of things. But one of the things, when you, when you begin to tithe, there's a spiritual defense goes up. That God, this all belongs to you. I'm honoring you because you gave it to me and it all belongs to you. So I want to I uh, stop right here. And uh, for next week, you can notice the terminology he used here was re- terms of relationship. Faithful, trust, etc. Uh, uh, questions, statements, insight. Uh, Benny? So uh, I do mortgages. I work for a small, small uh, bank that handles probably maybe 2,500 loans a month, right? And probably 90% of them have what they called uh, escrow accounts or impound accounts where your taxes, your insurance are set aside on a month-to-month basis. You actually pay for them divided by 12 on a month. Don't matter if you're buying a house or something. Correct. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyone so, here, you're buying a house, that, that's common. Correct. So instead of coming up once a year or twice a year when your taxes are due. So what's funny, one of the things that happened during the foreclosure meltdown, where our business is heavily regulated now, right? So I have to be personally licensed for each state as well as on a federal level. So it's very... It's almost like being a, uh, a lawyer in a sense. You have to pass exams on a year-to-year basis. So it's uh, one of the things they make us do is to continue education. So one of the things that happened during the foreclosure meltdown was what banks were taking, the escrow accounts, and then leveraging them yeah. out on the secondary market. Yeah. And so what would happen is that this bank would get in trouble, customer would try to go, and then margin calls would come. And what would happen is that banks... These escrow accounts, this little itty bitty money, sometimes it's 200 bucks a month, times by millions of millions. Wells Fargo chased the big banks. What they did is it, these people would be short. So what was happening, people were losing their homes, not because they went late, not because of anything, but they could not, did not pay their taxes for two and three years. Yeah. And so that very, the word uh, uh, steward, there's two of them. There's a noun and a verb. So steward is someone who does this, and then a verb is the action of stewardship. And so what's amazing is that now, like we as a bank, what we have to do was we collect escrows. Legally, we're not allowed to touch it. We actually have to put it in what they call a trust account yeah. with that person's name. So it's secure. They have access to it, all that type of stuff. So it's interesting how what you're saying is talking about stewardship. 
It's not just who we are. It's what you it's, do. It's what we actually do. Yeah. Yeah, we have here, like on our world evangelism account, it's a totally separate account. Everything that comes from the field, everything that comes in here is totally designated uh, to church planning and world evangelism. Uh, uh, but the meltdown was interesting, and this is where George Bush made that statement, too big to fail. Because there was a lot of bankers should have went to prison. If you and I would have done that, we'd have gone to prison. Uh, the other thing that brought the big crash is uh, um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, this government-empowered in, uh, loan uh, institution is where you have no... They did away with all of the standards of loaning money. Uh, if I'm going to loan Jeff money, I want to know debt to income. What that means, uh, does he have uh, his, his income? Is it greater than his debt so he can pay the house payment that I'm going to give him the money to buy a house, debt to income. And the other one, you got to have an income. They did away with all of this. They, they were giving loans to people that didn't even work. And they were giving loans to people uh, that their credit debt was asked, no way they're going to pay for this. And, and one of the things many people caught, thought, because the house market was increasing, well, I'll buy this um, and I'll flip it and sell it. Uh, I'll make 10 grand in six months before they catch up with me. Or in, in, in a year, or, and you know, people were doing this and this. When it started crashing, though, thing Benny's talking about, so much of this money that was, was American people's money, uh, they were investing it. And, uh, and when it all crashed, uh, it was like, a, like dominoes. And uh, there are some people saying we're headed for another one. Uh, not in the housing so much, but in the other arenas of life. Uh, but anyway, that stirred ship. Uh, uh, and, and so the question is, uh, what kind of stirred are you? What kind of stirred? Uh, if you're faithful in that which is... Your, how you handle your money today dictates what God will put in your hand tomorrow. Listen to what I'm, I want to close with that statement. How you handle money. He who is faithful in least will be faithful in much. If I can't trust you with what's another man's, how can I give you what is your own? How you handle the wealth that God puts in your hand today. Do you tithe? Do you give? Are you a good steward? Do you make wise choices? You don't just spend money. You save some money. God said, do you? Because this is critical to what I can put in. And that, when you talk about tomorrow, you're not just talking now about money. You're talking about so many things in life. But anyway, I don't. I, time to close. Pick it up. Save your question for next week. God bless you. Thank you. We got a wedding here in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs>